Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome along to the Sea Live podcast. My name is Sam, and as always, it wouldn't be a Sea Live podcast if it didn't have my trusted friend that he's also on the screen at the same time, Christopher Vaughn. Hey, how are you, mate? We're good, we're good. And we're also joined by special guest Paul Kaffer. How are you doing, Paul? Oh, I'm really glad to be here, and I'm doing really good as well. Thanks uh, for inviting me on. Absolute pleasure. Now, behind you is a selection of fantastic guitars. I want you to, off the bat, pick your favourite one right now. Oh, the favourite one I think That's I've got. That's a good isn't... question. Is it not on there, Paul? It's not here. <laughs> ah, no. I've, got, I've got so many of them here. but it's uh... Now, I've been using one uh, lately. I've been doing these uh, live streams in the cavern. And, you know, it's a really funny thing. I've had all these guitars for so long. I've got, you know, because I've been collecting them since I've been started playing, really. So it just naturally accrued a great number of guitars. And... Uh, I've been sort of auditioning them on these uh, live broadcasts and I've sort of gone all through them and I've gone, do you know what, I really, really like this one and it's a black Gretsch and it's uh, it's called a Silver Falcon even though it's black, I just don't understand that but it's, um, but it's a big black Gretsch and it used to belong to One Direction and I thankfully relieved them of it. <laughs> <laughs> what, it was a, um, one of the members' guitars? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they, I, I can only gather because obviously it came from eBay and the guy was like, oh, this, you know, this belonged to One Direction. I don't know whether he was a session guitar player for them when they went on, went on tour, but there was a picture of them using it. And it's it's such a fancy looking guitar. It's probably is a bit of a prop, really, you know, because it just looked good. And uh, But actually, it, it's really, really good. Is it one uh, of the hollow bodied ones? Yeah, yeah, it's a great, it's a great big, you know, hollow body Gretsch and like a really big guitar as well sort of 17 inches across it's uh, uh but it, it just there's something about it that i've just I've really taken to and uh it just i don't know so i've got all these guitars here that that probably aren't as good as that one <laughs> how many uh, how many do you own how many do you own paul uh the, the, the simple answer is too many um <laughs> it's because i'm like i'm like one of these people who's like buried alive you know and the, the hoarders programs where you see the people you know actually as being surrounded by their their, their own uh, stuff that they've collected that they can't bear to get rid of and i'm like that with guitars i think they're just gonna close in on me any minute <laughs> but i do i love guitars i like this i thought they call me children it's like it, saying you know which one's your favorite child <laughs> not the first possibly <laughs> but i i i think i i i know what you feel i think i in my collection because you collect them over the years i think i've got 23 now yeah, um, that's, that's a good that's a good number a i Jamie think 23 number and i think there needs to be a 24 coming soon uh, well let's should, see let's get should always let's get be another one coming soon let's get in i spoke to this fellow once who, who said he, he he started buying all different guitars but the same colors so his wife didn't know he was buying new guitars <laughs> <laughs> it's crafty that isn't it Very crafty. I, I, I forget what colour it was it was probably pink or something but, <laughs> but he, he started buying all the same colours just to, um, to, to to stop his wife giving him grief it's a good plan really it's a good idea yeah we've, we've all snuck guitars in the house once or twice in our lives absolutely just especially especially in the case oh it's not in this one just straight straight yeah. up in the in the loft <laughs> we we um I saw you at the um car show in Ainsley a couple of years ago. You were doing a set um with the cavalry and 
that that weekend in in Aintree is is just a mass of noise, isn't it? It's just the biggest riff-based room you've ever likely to walk in in your life. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. it's uh, like, they say they say uh, creativity comes out of chaos, but that's just chaos. Oh it's no, just... this. Didn't... Creativity there—it's just like this goes up to ten, this one goes up to eleven, and it's oh. just like right. And you always hear in the faint background the "Stairway to Heaven" intro, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, here we go." And it just reminds you of Wayne's World. No stairway to heaven. <laughs> I know, I, and, and you know, I, I do play that tune quite often myself, and it always goes through my head. I shouldn't be doing it, but I, I don't. It's someone's got to do it. You know, someone's got to. <laughs> what a solo, though. What a solo! Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, on on a on a Fender Telecaster that as well. Um, you know, he said he, he said he was just looking for the sound, and he just pulled out the old Telecaster that he had with the Yardbirds and went for it. And you, and yeah, you know, it's it's um, you think you think it's all so carefully constructed, but and it it is in a way. But it's just that when when you come to do the business with the solo, you think you know you think oh I've got to do something iconic, and it's just a complete mess for that. I mean, this is the genius of the man. Did he play that solo on it? I didn't know he played it on a Telecaster. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Jimmy played. He, he, yeah, he, he pulled out the Telecaster and and uh, and, and just nailed it. And um, you know, you th you always think, oh, it's a Les Paul or something. But no, yeah, because of the tone, the tone of it is so heavy. Oh yeah, wow, yeah, surprised me there. Probably would have used, uh, you know, maybe one of the old Supro amps that he had. You know, they used on Led Zeppelin one, and uh, you know, they used that used that with a fuzz box. But this this particular solo, I don't know what he, you know. He did. I mean, um, you see him using a uh, Vox uh, Superbeat lamps, you know, for, for a whole lot of love with a Les Paul and, and, a, and a, you know, a, a wah pedal right down on full treble and uh, just a great sound, you know. He always just got great sound, very thin, you know, not not that accurate playing, but it always really good. So, yeah, you, we, we, we all know in Liverpool the, the Kappa Band, the amazing Kappa Band and, and, and the amount of shows you've done. But where, where with, did your obsession start? Where did your love for guitars first start? Um, well, I mean, literally with the, uh, the Beatles, I think because, uh, uh, I was a very small child. My mum and dad had a, a record player in the garage. It wasn't even in the house. It was in the garage and all the records were there. It's like, it's like a den for the kids, but there, there wasn't one in the house. So I go into the garage and figured out how to use the record player, which is quite a, you know, a feat of, you know, switches and things to pull and, you know, because they're very mechanical, you know. And I just got one record uh, and I put it on. It happened to be Hard Day's Night. And I remember listening to it and just being absolutely blown away by, uh, you know, all the guitar sounds and stuff like that. I did, probably didn't understand what it was, but later on it came to me, you know, to really understand how it, how important that the guitar was in, in, in the, the sound of the Beatles records. And also the harmonies as well. I think the the song I liked the most was "If I Fell," which I think is probably the third oh, yeah. track in on the first side. Just to, to, just the, the the very simple but effective double harmony. Just couldn't you know get over it. And then graduated through to uh, eventually listened to Led Zeppelin. By the time I was about eight, so that's the first album that I bought was Led Zeppelin three. And I really liked the acoustic side of it. I didn't I didn't really like the uh, the heavy stuff then. I just really like the acoustic uh, other side tangerine and that's the way those kind of tunes and um by the time i was about 10 um i got an acoustic guitar for christmas and i found that i could play it was just naturally 
good at it. it was you know like I just took to it and, and and my hands felt in the right place and I was just uh you know straight away on it um except for playing F you know because no one can play F yeah. no, <laughs> that's a tricky chord very tricky chord <laughs> but aside from that I just had a natural thing for it and because I was so bad at football you know, it's like you know, like you know, in primary school, if you're the last, the last one to get chosen f to be on the team. <laughs> so that was like me. So when I got the guitar and I was good at it, it was like, ah, I'm made up. I'm something I'm good at. So I just stuck with that, and I just loved it. You know. And then, did you have lessons, or did you teach yourself? What was the format? Well, well, both. I mean, the information was hard to get. You know, like now, it's uh, you can go on YouTube and, and look at like you know, sort of fifty guys showing you how to play one particular thing and. They yeah. might have they might have like ten different variants on it, but most of them would be saying, "Look, this is how it's done. It's nailed on. It's this is how you you play things." There was no way you could do that. Then you just had to get a record player and take the needle and go backwards and forwards and you know, destroy the record, listening to it over and over again, <laughs> part, just trying to pick it off and, and and play it. And sometimes you'd even like slow it down. This probably to a very young generation now wouldn't mean anything but uh, uh, 33 revolutions that was that a vinyl played at that and some record players went down to 16 which was half speed so you could turn it down to half speed which was but you try and work out what the notes were like that so some mad things like that but yeah that that was um that was that was how we learned but i did i did uh, when i was about 13 i had a chemistry teacher in school who was very good at jazz and uh, he offered to teach me some stuff and uh his name was trevor williams and he, he was a really really uh wonderful jazz guitar player but i wanted to learn how to play like hendrix and page and stuff and he was showing me like satin doll by duke ellington and i was like oh, i don't know that this, you know. But, you know, and a girl from ipanema you know i'm going oh, for christ's sake but but to learn that, uh, I mean, I didn't want to learn it, but actually it did me more good than I could have ever have possibly imagined. And then, you know, after a few weeks of picking up the jazz stuff, I started to go, all oh, right, you know, every, you know, all kind of stuff made sense. Cause I was at the time listening to like say the Stray Cats with Brian Setter, you know, like rockabilly sort of revisionist yeah. stuff that he was doing, but that was all full of jazz chords. And I was oh, listen to that. Oh yeah, that's what he's doing. Oh, I see now. And everything started slotting into place for me. So. You know, sometimes things that you don't want do you a lot of good. You know, you know. Yeah, I was, I would say, if you get, you can work things, most things out. When I showed the the kids out to, from, from getting the basic chord idea, you'll find that the the tunes develop from the chords. So mm -hmm. once you get your head around the chord, just just figure it out. It'll, it'll it's there. You've just got to visually. Uh, when you were growing up, I and mean, I've always said it, when you listen to a riff, you think, oh, that's so easy. That is so, why, why didn't I write that? Why didn't I discover that? Why, why, do you know what I mean? whole lot of love. Why, why, it's so easy. But why didn't I find it? I think the, yeah, like like smoke on the water. Uh, 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 yeah. Uh, 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 and you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. But that's, that's the, the beauty of the simplicity. That's something you've really got to aim for, something really, really simple. Um works that's you know you, you could you could argue that was the same for rock riffs but you could just take it back to beethoven and go da 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 da, yeah. da. and you're in the same territory it's just that that's how simple it is but so hard to <laughs> only, do, so hard to do that only, well if only beethoven had a rock keyboard he'd have been <laughs> <laughs> the world no, would he, be in a different place <laughs> no he, he had a baroque keyboard i think he had 
two on the floor. Oh, did he come? Just see what would... <laughs> did he come slightly after? Yeah. I got... Who knows? But it's a part of the revolution of music uh, at some point. <laughs> so who was your apart apart from Zeppelin, the rock stuff? Who else were you influenced by growing up? Well, I mentioned Brian Setter there because he—he, he, um, I mean, aside from all the other records, because uh, I used to listen to anything that was in the house. So that things that my mum and dad had, where I'd listen to Johnny Cash, and didn't particularly like Johnny Cash, but later on, a lot of these things that I listened to when I was young sort of came back, uh, like a sort of musical boomerang, and hit me. So I wound up, you know, doing a lot of uh, rockabilly and country stuff, and I was quite well versed in it when it when it came round for me to do that. So, you know, I'd, I'd be listening to Rick Nelson records and I'd be listening to James Burton playing, you know, solos like, you know, Hello Mary Lou or, you know, the, the, the uh, and, and so really early Telecaster players like James Burton, uh, you know, figured. And um, later on, when, when, uh, when, when we started to become like a working band, because we spent a lot, a lot of the uh, 80s um, trying to be uh, an original band and, and that, that's uh, that obviously it's a different difficult path to walk and so we had a, a situation where I'd um, I basically had to go out and try and earn some money a mate of mine said oh, we, you know we can go out on the weekend and play in social clubs and we'll get paid for it and I said well what do we have to do and he said I'll ask my mum <laughs> so, he, <laughs> so he, and he came back and he said there uh, she said Elvis and I said, "Oh Christ, no, Elvis, really?" Because uh, you know, again, it was—it was just like to me that was, you know, Elvis, Las Vegas kind of Elvis was, you know, something my mum liked and it wasn't cool. But so I said, "Well, that's easy, isn't it?" It's like what we said before, you know, what you were saying. So I went and listened to the the records, and I was going right. Those three chords, three chord records, all those, you know, just like uh, you know, blue suede shoes and jailhouse rock. I mean, how you know, how difficult can it be? And I started listening to all the guitar parts, and I was like. I can't play any of that. Like, <laughs> Scotty Moore, and I realised that I was like, you know, I was just big-headed. I just thought, I thought, because if it wasn't in some funny timing or, or or something, you know, mad that it was difficult to play. And I started to listen to this, and I realised that obviously Scotty Moore was sort of like a a not very good version of Chet Atkins, you know. And Chet Atkins is about as complicated as you can get to, if you're a guitar player, or or Mel Travers, some of these guys, the old guys who could play with, they play one part with a thumb and play another tune with the other two fingers and you know you, you start trying to do it and you're like oh god I can't. I'm just so out of my depth and then I realized that I was just like I had a lot to learn and I, I just had to start learning it so I, I really picked up from all kind of places after that and realized I had to just try and listen to everything and learn everything as much as I could and obviously you take you've took that on further to the next phase of your your career really with with Kappa and is there any particular tracks that you you just love to play with in in the band? Oh, you, well, original tracks or covers? I mean, I, I mean the uh, the... covers, covers. Well, I, I do get I get a big kick out of playing Led Zeppelin tracks because because I'm um, I, I started off learning them. That was what I stood in front of the mirror with a you know an only mess and Les Paul copy trying to like you know give it the moves. That's that's what that's what made me. So when I'm doing it now, I kind of like I I used to go I used to go to watch in the cinema the Led Zeppelin film, which is it's a really I think it's an awful film now if I look at it as a you know as a grown up person. But I used to go and watch it, and it was like just a big screen of seeing, and you know, obviously the you know it was quite loud in the cinema, so you'd you'd hear the uh, basically Led Zeppelin playing live and watch them doing it, and uh, that used to be such a thing. So 
so the sort of like the inner the inner 12 year old in myself when I'm playing Led Zeppelin tunes on stage and it sounds like them just kind of going yeah listen to that Whoa. you know it kind of just I don't know I'm just like that with the uh, the Zeppelin stuff and to a certain extent the Hendrix but you know uh, then I'll do uh, I don't know like a, a, a jazz standard because I can play all those chords as I was saying before I learned those uh, by accident and I'll do one of those jazz standards like you know you know, when I fall in love, and you'll be listening to the chord going, oh, this is lovely, this isn't it? And, you know, I, all the songs that I do, I really like them, you know, because I'm not a fan of Brown Eyed Girls, so I don't do it. You know, even though oh. you get asked for it 12 times a night, I won't do it. <laughs> a few times. Sam, we both. Asked. Yeah. We've, we've all got a few songs we don't like to do, Sam, but we, we you do it, don't you? You got to. At the, you, you've got to please an audience, but I know what you mean with Brown Eyed Girl. I think Chris, yours is a uh, street kind of line. Oh, <laughs> and mine, and mine is five hundred miles because I go Scottish every time I sing that, <laughs> and I don't try to. <laughs> it's the thing. I don't try to sound Scottish. I just end up being Scottish for that three-minute song. So they're yeah. they two songs that uh, when you just play them, people just love them. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, and, and you know, it's a funny thing. I've tried to survive by not doing any of them. And, <laughs> uh, and, and I do get asked, and it's the same. You know, if you if you if you do it long enough, you go through eras. People like, I mean, the last era was Mr. Brightside, that was the most commonly thing, and before that, it was like Sex on Fire. You get asked for all the time, and you know, you just go through the eras where people you know just demand these particular songs, um, and. Uh, and, and I still haven't played any Oasis, you know. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm like, oh, or Pink Floyd, for that matter. I don't wow. like them either. <laughs> well, you say that with Floyd. I, I'm hit and miss with Floyd. I, 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 as people really, I'm, I'm, I'm hit and miss with Floyd. I, I the, the, do you know what I mean? There's, there's something about them that, obviously, Dark Side of the Moon. We've all heard it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when you start listening to what's the one with all the animals? Is it called animals? I can't, oh, I can't, you're I, asking the wrong person. Oh well, I and it's just like oh, I, I struggle with it to be honest with you. But they've sold millions of records. It got too extreme for me, if I'm honest with you. I had I had all these mates who lived in a house together. You know, um, when we were like eighteen or nineteen, and they were all like you know smoking stuff. And saying, come and listen to you know, like with like all dark drapes on all all the curtains, like all all out of the day, so the house had never had any light in it. And they'd all like, so listen to this man, and they'd be going, oh, you know, listen, can you hear the things within the things within the things, and you know, in the dimensions of that, listen to the, and I'm going, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> For this, it's called Immigrant Song. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the thing with, with something like Zeppelin. You, there's no in, 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 it's just like, right, there's full on John Bonham, master class of drums as well. So it is what it is. Yeah, they were, they were, they were a very, very good band. All, I mean, all, all of the component parts. I mean, sometimes you can just listen to Led Zeppelin. Like you could listen to the Lemon song off Led Zeppelin too, which I do, and just do nothing but listen to the bass playing. And just, yeah. you know, it's like, wow, just, you know, did, let's have that again. Just the bass bit and you're like, it's just amazing. The, 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 the playing of each one of them is just uh, a lot to listen to, yeah. I was fine with, with Led Zeppelin, like, uh, not on par with it, but 
Beatles where it was just four different individuals came together. It kind of was that for Zeppelin though, wasn't it? It was an unbelievable drummer, unbelievable guitarist, singer who's just like unbelievable and the uh, John Paul Jones just like an unbelievable bass player. So it came together at, at the right time and they had like a jet and oh, must have been a great life. Yeah, no, they they needed each other though, and and they were right. They were right to quit when they did, I think as well, because uh, you know they they'd done it all. And I think to be honest, after seventy five, they were starting to you know go down the slope uh, of the other side. But uh, you know who knows? But yeah, I mean that that's that's a great thing. If you have a band where the you know the, the, the you know the whole is greater than the. Uh, there's some parts it's you know that's 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 a really really good feeling it doesn't happen very often though you know it's like a, it's it's if you get it and it's rare you try and hang on to it so so kappa band does it add different members through the years has it or is it have you yeah how's it yeah. work well I'll, I'll, I'll give a brief, a brief explanation I, I was six years in a band called cat scratch fever which was we had a, a record deal and we played glastonbury and we did a lot of stuff and then i had uh, a little period with Pete Wiley after that one where we were signed to Columbia Records via Sony what a really big deal and I got to see a lot of the industry when I'd left Cat Scratch Fever um, the the band carried on without me using the name and I can't <laughs> and I found myself unable to work because I'd, I'd phone people up and say oh, I'm from Cat Scratch Fever and they go oh yeah well, we booked them and you know right. and I've got yeah but I, I, I uh, but I was and so I decided, so I thought I'm going to start a band of my own and I'm going to call it Kappa, Kappa of some description because it's my name. And that way, if anybody leaves the band, they can go, but I, you know, I can stay because it's, you know, there's no arguments about whose band it is. It's, it's my name on it. And I just, I was, I was, I suppose I was a bit bloody minded and we had it all, it was, had it all kinds of things. It was Kappa and the angel dust and it was, then it was just Kappa. And then it was uh, a friend of mine said, he printed some leaflets for me saying, you are witnessing the amazing Kappa, and I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was like a, like some sort of Victorian musical <laughs> act, you know, like Mr. Memory or something like that, you know, the amazing Kappa. So I thought, yeah, we'll call ourselves that for, you know, and then people say, oh, you think you're amazing, do you? And I was going, no, it's not. Oh, yeah. so, <laughs> so, so we thought we'll, we'll go back to Kappa, and, but then Kappa was a tracksuit. So we thought, um, oh, you know. <laughs> you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. <laughs> so in the end it was like akb because that's like a amazing kappa band and you know i it's you're just trying to you know uh but after a point everybody knows you you know f f so i suppose kappa or whatever the it's you know people only ever ever they only ever call me kappa anyway so i i remember being in the original band and we couldn't think of a name and um and the bass player said well just call it kappa's band because that's what I, that's what everybody calls us anyway and in a way, it's just that's what's happened. So I don't know, um, but yeah, the, the, the thing about it was um, that's that's why I call it, you know, Kappa. And, the, and I've I've had a lot of musicians come and go from it. Lots of bass players and drummers, you know, come and gone. As you know, it just happens. But it's uh, having a continuity with it means every time somebody leaves the band, you don't have to break it up and start again and start, you know, have a new yeah. name and a new concept. And you know, it's too difficult and. When you when your bookings go on year and year, and every, you know the people who follow you like to come and see you. They like to know what you're called, and so you just need to have something consistent. And that way, with my name on it, there's no arguments about anything. It's just you know, if if you if you leave the band, then you you do something else, and I'm staying here. So.
and obviously <laughs> that obviously there's there's things opening up now we were talking sam sam and i are getting a few bookings in with the yeah. with our band and how are you finding it are, you, are things slowly coming in well very very few and far between actually at the moment um i think people are really still nervous they, you know it's like everybody wants to open up and say well say by may the 17th or june the 21st or something like that and you know stuff could happen i think everyone's really really nervous because it's so unpredictable as it has been i mean none of us ever thought we'd ever be in this situation you know no 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 one foresaw this or the way it is or even even that it would go as long as it has already and i think originally i thought yeah this is a bit weird and it's going to last for about three months and by about june or july or august of next uh, of last year we, we'd all be back out and back together and, and for a little while it was started to yeah. happen and then then it's all it's all off again and the, you know we've had another you know we've gone through this for a year now basically so i think people are nervous about whether to book you the acts and whether they can put these events on and then some of them are concerned about the capacity that they'll have and whether they could make any money if they did you know because it could be yeah. You know these rule of six things with capacity means that you're down some in some cases you're 33 percent capacity maximum you know so that yeah you pay a band whatever you're going to pay them it's it's just difficult for the uh you know for the the venue owners i think and what, what what's what's the um obviously you've been doing the cavern streams what what's been happening with that tell us about the cavern stream well um, the cavern was closed for a long time and that, that was obviously, I, I'd had residency in the cavern pub since 2002 and that being the mainstay of my uh, gigging world really, because uh, very successful, you know, in the sense of, you know, it was always fallen, most successful thing I'd done really to have that residency there and um, as it disappeared, um, I mean, I, I was like everybody else in last March, you know, a year ago, kind of like, picking up my phone and going right facebook live what's that mean let's have a look and, and you know i just put it on i thought i'll start there with get the guitar and start playing and of course the phone fell over and it was all it was all chaos and, and i had to learn this idea of streaming which is in a sense what we're all doing now talking to each other we're, we're, we're broadcasters we've we've had to learn yeah. to become broadcasters which i think is what we've done and so i took it a few steps uh, further, I just started getting multi cameras and and uh, and you know equipment to, you know, uh, mix that and mix the audio and the video and 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 the idea that we could stream almost like you know like as a TV show, and when when it came to it, the cabin needed uh, uh, they went into a, a further lockdown and so they couldn't do live shows. So they said to me, "Well, could you do you know the stream?" And I said, "Well, I can I can." So that's what I've actually been doing that since November now. So we and it's. It's really odd because it's been seven days a week. It's you know, uh, oh, eight days a week, I should say, shouldn't I, for the cabin? Hey, yeah. hey, smooth that, wasn't it? No, but it, it's um, uh, yes, ten hours a day, seven days a week, and uh, so I mean, I, I'm, I've got a day off today, and I've, I've got a day off on Tuesday, and I, I, that's I, that's all I'm doing, and uh, I get to perform on it myself five times a week, and that's been it's just been an absolute lifesaver for me to do that yeah and uh, yeah it's been it's been funded by the arts council as well because i mean the cavern's quite a big uh, uh a big concern you know it's a bit it's a big tourist attraction as well so it's probably i think it's bigger than westminster abbey or something like that you know wow but uh, obviously the, the it will come back and and you've got this new 
sort of angle that you can do things now. So you, it's as a, Sam came up with the concept for the podcast. Yeah. Um, it's kind of re reusing your your skills in a different way now. So hopefully this streaming stuff you can take on to the next next level, even when things are open. Well, you saw the, uh, the the infamous advert saying, you know, uh, you know, right, retrain now, and I thought, yeah, already did, already done it, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know, in a useful way, it, actually, that's a good, yeah, very useful way. I mean, I didn't have a clue about you know putting up a Zoom call or Skype oh. calls or a- anything like that to do with Facebook Live or Instagram Live. You know, I've got Instagram, I've got them all. You know, I'll scroll through timelines and like photos of my cousin's dog. You know what I mean? But that's a, <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. So to be fair, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, every, I think everyone's come on leaps and bounds, you know, especially my nan who can finally do a FaceTime now. Oh, she's done her FaceTime. Yeah. You can do it. Fantastic. She just silly and then says FaceTime me and then there you go. Off she goes. So I know, but that's that's true. I think all the older generation are getting onto FaceTime because when the first lockdown came, I had FaceTime your mum and she was your forehead. Do you know what I mean? Oh. She, so, so, and now I can see her face while she's, she's doing it. I still have not become computer literate, though, Sam. We know this is a problem. A very big problem. So. He's learning. <laughs> He's learning. <laughs> You're doing your best. You're doing your best. Um, so obviously, the cavern um, and the, the live stream, and um, it, it's just amazing to, to be in there and obviously the, to be surrounded with sort of the wealth of you know the beatles you know in its entirety a question for well, you would be, sorry go yeah, on. So. no i was just going to say it really is but the, the funny thing is i'm in there often completely alone the only person in the building you know and i'm, I'm there performing to the walls and there's a virtual <laughs> audience there but i'm basically in the cavern it's the freakiest thing being in the cavern on your own playing to a completely empty room with just two TV screens with the, you know, the messages from the, you know, the social media, the people who were watching you on the Facebook or whatever, yeah. responding to you. And that, if you know, if there wasn't that, there'd be absolutely nothing. You'd be standing like, and, and it's almost like, it's almost like a crazy thing to do. And then, you know, I'll, I'll lock up and I'll walk out onto Matthew Street on a Saturday night at midnight and there'll be not a soul in the, in, in the city. You know, it's just you know, really eerie Matthew Street, like, you know, with a bit of fog hanging, like it's like a sort of like a, a, a proper horror picture that you're watching. It's, uh, that must be, you know, times. That must be really crazy because your career has been down that street. Do you mm. know what I mean? And and it's gone from, you've seen everything probably on that street over the years <laughs> to, absolutely, <laughs> to absolutely nothing. It's just weird. Yeah, it's it's a really, really strange uh, environment to, to work in, especially when you've been used to, as you say, you've been used to, you know, really mad scenes with, you know, all descriptions, you know, good and bad, you know, you see all kinds of stuff and, and you know, but it's, that's like the whole city is just silent and empty. Uh, so yeah, it's, 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 it's a really odd time, but, uh, you know, hopefully we'll look back at it for the, you know, for the positives and not for the, right. not for the just the straight weirdness of it. You know? <laughs> I think we will. I think in the future it'll be looked on, you know, as a, a period of time where people came together rather than a, a period of, of loneliness. I feel like I speak to, mm. you know, extend the members of my family more than what I did beforehand. I feel like I'm closer to them, even though I'm probably being 
you know far away from them for 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 the longest period of time it's just it's just one of those i was there moments i quite like that i quite like that like artists now from liverpool and all over the, the the country are all talking and they're all connecting like this and and we're we're interested in what other people are doing and you'd you'd never take an interest in another artist until now i like well, i think it's i think it's because you didn't have uh time you've been forced yeah. to make the time now you've been forced to have you know because you've got the time because you're not going out and doing the, the 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 plethora of things that you've got to do in your life that you know um a lot of time has been spent at home a lot of reflective time so i think that you, you're right the communication element of it it's gone up you know yeah and we're all in the same boat we're all we've all just been like shoved under the bus as artists and kind of just left to, to cope do you know what i mean and i think it's been nice to talk to individual artists i know scott beckett does does stuff yeah. with us and he's he's been doing the cavern stuff and he's he's really excited about the new stuff he's he's wrote and it's great. I think it's really great that Liverpool musicians, and we've done this all over the world now, haven't we, Sam? And everyone's in the same boat. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally. So with all that time on your hands, you must have had a lot of, you know, writing sessions uh, at home or wherever you write. Strangely, for the whole of last year, um, I felt unable to write anything, and I, 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 wow, I, I've been quite a yeah, I've been quite a prolific writer uh, generally. But last year, it just drew blank for me, and I couldn't really understand why until the very end of the year, and I was uh, I was getting some time where I was um, I, I would do a, I would do a Radio Merseyside interview every Tuesday night around about midnight. As something I started doing during the, the lockdown, I got asked to do it and. I uh, initially started doing uh, old classic songs, just acoustic versions. I just phone phone them up, you know, kind of thing, and uh, and do a classic song down the phone. Um, and then one day I didn't. I, I just had nothing to play for them, and I was sitting in the cabin, and I started writing. And I thought, Oh my God, I'm writing again! I was started writing this song, and it was it. It was like it was strange because it was like I'm surrounded every day by uh beatles songs i suppose you know because a lot of the artists especially on the cavern do lots of versions of beatles songs and so i suppose i was just getting like you know dipped in that heavily and um i don't know whether i had you know any influence on it but i just started writing and that i remember going on the radio that night and said i've just written this and playing it for them i'm thinking oh, that's good isn't it i've done i've done something creative and i've i've, I've been on you know like Merseyside radio broadcaster and, and, and played it within the hour of writing it. So I was really quite pleased with myself. Oh. I've, I've so started writing since then. It sort of spurred me to carry on. So yeah, quite pleased about that. <laughs> and you, you can you play us anything tonight? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, I've been. Um, <clears throat> I have a guitar here. Me? Oh, one of many. Listen to that chord. Hey, good that, isn't it? Right. Name that shit in one. 40 years of playing to get that, you know. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I've got a, a, a few songs lately, but one of them's uh, called uh, I Come Running to You.
do when I'm feeling lonely? What do I do when I'm feeling blue? What do I do when I get to feeling only you will do? What do I do? I come running to you. What do I do when I'm downhearted? What do I do when I've not a clue? Oh, what do I do when World War Three gets started, man? It's surely overdue. Oh, what do I do? I come running to you, running to you. Never see on dark highways of uncertainty. Who can I rely on, baby? No, it's only you and me. Only you and me. What do I do when it all comes true? What do I do when I'm exhilarating up till the morning dew? What do I do? What do I do? Fantastic. Thank you very much. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Now, now I'm going to do Brown Eyed Girl. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Fant and was that the song that you wrote? Uh, no, it was, uh, it was, that was like that was like the B side. <laughs> you know, when you write, no, I, I wrote a song called uh, Madame Butterfly, which uh, it's, it's actually proved to be quite popular, but I've, I've played it so much lately. Um, so I thought I'd do the, the the other one that I wrote pretty much, uh, you know, at the same time. And I thought one of them was slightly more upbeat, you know. Fantastic. I don't want to depress anybody. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I, I, do like, I, I do like a depressing song. Like, I'm that way, though. <laughs> oh, you, you must like the Floyd. <laughs> He's into the Floyd. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I wasn't going to say anything. Um, what with you closing your eyes while you're playing are you, are you thinking about anything or reminiscing about anything when you're singing that song no i'm just terrified <laughs> fair play, <laughs> fair play. <laughs> like little little things that maybe create that you know the picture in your in your head for the song or you know the the chord or is it literally yeah, just I i'm playing the song now i can't it's think like that because I think, oh, what shall I have for tea? Something like that tomorrow. That's it. I've gone. My head, my head fell off. I probably wasn't really aware that I had my eyes closed. I suppose um, you don't think about it. Just sort of do it. And you might be right about uh, 
what you're tapping into but it's one of the things about doing these streams you find that uh, what I was uh, got a screen in front of me and I could read the comments and I was actually playing that song and somebody started writing the words to it out you know like really? I, come running, I come running to you and, they, and they were, the, the lyrics was like appearing in the comment box but because I was the comments are actually um, there's a delay so you get like maybe a 10 15 second delay before the comments come through so you might do something and uh, these these comments started coming up and I started reading them as the lyrics so I started singing the wrong words the wrong bit and I was like damn it's, it's, it's just like put it in my head and I thought you know you start to read things but uh, the, 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 the actually delay is uh, I didn't realize there was a delay for a long time so I was on Facebook and I was trying to be funny I was trying to say something funny and it'd be like <laughs> and then nothing, 10 seconds later <laughs> nothing nothing I thought oh Christ that's calmed down terrible so uh, you know that, that wasn't funny and then so I'd move on and then 10 seconds later but only see all these laughing emojis and I'd be thinking what, what did I just do what was funny about that you know? <laughs> uh, and I couldn't work it out for, and then I realized there was a big delay and I thought oh yeah no you did get a laugh you just you know and if you imagine doing imagine being a comedian and oh. waiting having to wait 15 seconds to get your laugh you know I can't think of anything worse than that like, well, they oh. maybe do stream com comedy shows if they have. Oh my god! <laughs> no. no, well, it, it's happened, doesn't it? It's it, it's definitely happened, but yeah, that's a bit of a it's a bit of a stretch. That fifteen seconds, no, no, you 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 yeah you let it go. You you wouldn't know where you were. Yeah, so it's, it's a good reason for closing your eyes you know to, to, you know do what you're doing and try not to see uh, and, and then look up you know about 30 seconds later see if anything's happened and see whether you were funny or whether anybody liked your song or what's what's the plan for the kappa band then going forward what's your aims then going forward well we had we had a a setback because i had a i had uh, the two members of the band for about eight years i had maria who was a bass player, fantastic bass player, and, yeah. uh, and I had Laura playing the drums. And Laura decided to leave. I think probably about six months ago now. I can't even remember when it was, but um, she she left. And because she'd been in the in the band for but maybe a decade, that meant that uh, whoever came in would have to learn an awful lot of original material for a start. You know, so yeah. that was a that that's a bit of quite a challenge because when you've got a band that's you know eight years into it you've got quite a lot of material together and that you can you know you can pick and choose from on the gigs so I suppose that was a setback but I suppose the good side of the setback is it came at a time when it it wasn't going to really uh, disrupt anything so yeah. the thing I've got to do now is, is to get is to get some gigs in and to get a uh, to get a good run of gigs and then really start to put the band together because that's kind of like on hold uh, but I know I mean I got to Charlie skeggs into play drums and charlie's a he's been uh aside from being a great musician in, in the various bands he's been in and is still in uh he, he was a, a manager at the cavern pub so he'd been watching us play for a long time so he knew a lot of the stuff and he's, he's a great drummer he can also play the guitar and sing so uh that that was a bit of a no-brainer so I'm, after this lockdown and if the gigs come back and everything really looking forward to putting something new together yeah. and I've got you know by now I've got about 10 new songs or something like that you know that that being one of them and you know some other stuff so I feel like I've got 
I feel like I've got a lot to look forward to right in front of me, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like anything, anybody I'm nervous about what I'm going to go back to and how I'm going to do it and yeah. is it going to work. And, but I think that's, that's probably a good place to be in really to, to be not, you know, just certain of everything. And that way you're not complacent. You're just thinking, right, I've got, I've got everything to prove again now. So yeah. That's, I'm looking forward to that. I think we're all looking forward to that kind of nervous energy to perform. Yeah. And, and I think it'll, I think it'll, it'll, it'll get us there. And obviously, you've got your brick on the cabin wall. You must be well, proud of that. You know, you know, if you haven't got a brick on the cabin wall, you're nobody. You know, you know. Ah. We're still working. At, we're still working on ours, Sam. We're working on ours. We'll just go and knock cabins out and put ours in. <laughs> they're not even bricks, you know. They're, 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 they're little. Uh, I don't know what they're made of. The you know facades. That, you know, they're easy to get off. <laughs> thing is i work just down well just off matthew street so you never know you okay. never know yeah you know I'm a... <laughs> we we are coming to the end of this podcast <laughs> but one thing i've noticed mentioned at the top of the podcast those fantastic guitars there's a little tiny scarf there in the background oh, yeah. as well and there's a yeah. there's a time of recording that Liverpool are about to play Chelsea. Obviously, the season is the season. Um, yeah. But score predictions for tonight, and where do you think we'll finish in the table? Oh, I don't know. I think we'll be lucky to make top four now. I really do because it, it seems to be, uh, you know, the the unraveling. Un it'd be some kind of a. The team seems a little bit tired somehow. Like it's like you know, the, just everything's gone. And losing uh, losing Virgil was a. Uh, maybe a bigger blow than any of us realized i mean i didn't yeah. not that it wasn't going to be a big blow but i think it's been bigger you know um but then you know the the front lads are not firing on all cylinders and uh, predicting tonight oh, i can't i can't stand another loss at anfield oh god it's gotta be it's gotta be two nil to us it's gotta be it's gotta be otherwise i'm just gonna i don't know what, what will i do i have to drive down there and, and shout at them <laughs> Turn it, get your PA. I was just like, ah. Stop <laughs> playing Start playing. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Stop. Absolutely fantastic. Where, uh, go on, Chris. And where, where, where can people find you, Paul? Where, where can people find you? Well, at the moment, you can log on to the uh, on, on on the Facebook uh, of the Cavern Club website. Or, or not the website, but you know the the social media, yeah. of the Cavern YouTube. And um, I'm playing. You know. A few times a week on live streams and because uh, I used to do them mostly from home you know pretty much like this or in the bathroom where they have the best acoustic and uh, and uh, uh, but since November I've been doing this uh, the, the cabin thing so that's that's the most place you can catch me at the moment and we and love to see you out out on the road again absolutely oh, and yeah. it's a fa fantastic it is fantastic what you're doing with the cavern and it's it's a great little live stream for people to tune in of an evening and you know be entertained when was the last time you've been entertained properly you know even if it is through a a computer screen or an iphone screen it, uh, and some fantastic acts as well that probably are gonna go on as well to perform around the city center in the northwest and, yeah. and beyond as well um so paul thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us this evening it's been an absolute pleasure thank you um, absolutely my pleasure as well thank you very much thanks for having me cheers paul thanks mate chris another edition of the sea life podcast we're getting close to the birthday big birthday in a few weeks we'll be turning a whole one <laughs> make sure you stay tuned for our very special birthday podcast very special guest 
Chris was bricking it, let's just say. Yeah, I was. Just a bit, just a bit. <laughs> uh, in the meantime, folks, stay safe out there, and we shall see you for another edition of the Sea Live podcast. In the meantime, stay safe. Bye-bye.